An American success story in a small town in Illinois. Should have been just reported as an American success story. But instead, the Chicago Tribune writer uh, Bill Ruthart used used this small town and and used this American ex, uh, American Express American success story to foment racism, and it was so unnecessary and it was jarring to me. I read this, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising, but um, it's still, it's just like when you're reading it, this this man has a great story. And instead of just telling this man's story, uh, and it's perfect for the Midwest, you know, small town America, uh, guy, guy, you know, lives a version of the American dream, basically. So the, the name of the town is Arcola, Illinois. And the man with the success story is Jesus Garza. He left Mexico 28 years ago um, to come to the United States. His father was here or worked here. And there, there was a, uh, a broom factory in the town of Arcola. And so he he comes to Illinois. He works hard. He opens up his own auto shop. Transmission shop, I think they called it in the story. And I'm I'm gonna go through the story. Um just to point out how how the racism is just unnecessary. But he starts his own his own business, and eventually he runs for mayor of the town and is elected. And what is the highlight of of this story? Here's the headline. I read I read this over the weekend. It was either on Saturday or Sunday, I think. It's the story is dated October 29th, but I think I may have read it in the Sunday paper. But the headline is, How a Mexican Immigrant Became Mayor in Illinois, in Illinois Trump Country. And then they say, quote, people here just get along. And they're quoting uh, a member of the public, I believe it is a resident of the town of Arcola. So the story starts out, Jesus, I'm sorry, I think I said Garcia, but it's Garza. <laughs> I think I messed that up. But anyway, Jesus Garza's palms were sweating as he pulled his stocky frame up behind the wheel of a green Jeep Gladiator to take his spot at the head of the 50th annual Broom Corn Festival Parade. In the 28 years since he left Mexico to work in a broom factory in the small central Illinois city, Garza always attended the local festival, but he never rode in the parade, let alone in the front as the town's mayor. His anxiety quickly gave way to joy. Residents jammed along Arcola's brick streets, cheered, clapped, and shouted, Jesus and Mr. Mayor. 
as Garza gleefully chucked candy while choking back tears. I never expected that people would respond like that. That moves me big time, an emotional Garza said afterward as he stood in the auto repair shop he owns in town. From the day I got here, my dad's friends on the American side, they wanted to talk to me every day even though I didn't speak any English. They invited me to be part of the community, to work on their cars. He said to go from that to everyone cheering me today is just very special. I love this town. It goes on to say Garza's rise from immigrant factory worker and car mechanic to mayor is a remarkable story, and it is. And his election in a predominantly white and conservative Midwestern town illustrates a level of disconnect between local attitudes on immigration and the national political narrative on on the divisive issue. So, bam, we are three, four paragraphs in, and here we go. Obviously, Jesus Garza's election uh, to mayor had very little to do with anybody being white and had very little to do with immigration and it sure as hell didn't have anything to do with the national political narrative. But there you have it. Bam. Fourth paragraph. Let's just uh, insert some racism here. Because how does it make any sense that a small Midwestern town of mostly white people could elect a Mexican immigrant to be mayor? How is that possible? What kind of bullshit paragraph was that? I, you know, when I, when I read it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then as I kept reading, it, it just, it gets worse. It gets worse. So it goes on to say, Garza 51 took office in May as a Mexican-American political novice in a city filled with supporters of former Republican President Donald Trump, as if Trump has anything to do with this. So <laughs> it says, uh, uh, filled with supporters of former Republican President Donald Trump, comma, a nativist politician well known for his vitriol toward immigrants, comma, from allowing children to be separated from their parents at the southern border to broadly portraying Mexican immigrants as criminals. Again, that paragraph right there is just dishonest, it's misinformation, and it's a lie. I was no fan of Trump. I didn't vote for him in the first election in 2016. I voted for him in 2020 because the job he did was better than his mouth. You know, he, he's got, you know, he's just that typical New Yorker boasting shit that I hate, but whatever. The job he did was fine. You know, I, I'm always, you know, pay attention to what people say. I mean, you know, pay, pay attention to what people do, not what they say. Sorry, I get it back. I get my own saying backwards. You know, because their actions always speak louder than their words. And, you know, did Trump do the, you know, the best of any president that ever lived, as he would like to say? No, but he did a lot of good things. And I don't know if he's a nativist politician. He was an America first politician. I mean, he said it all the time. And I have no problem with that, putting our country before others. 
and I don't recall any vitriol toward immigrants. Now, he definitely had a sharp tongue for illegal immigration and illegal aliens, and he did not portray Mexican immigrants as criminals. He portrayed illegal aliens as criminals, illegal Mexican immigrants as criminals. And not all of them either, just a handful, just a few. He's saying um, that, you know, yeah, they're not all murderers and rapists, but some of them are, and some of them are. Just like, you know, you go to any sample population and you're going to have some bad seeds. But anyway, the article goes on. In interviews along the parade route last month, Arcola voters time and again pledged allegiance to Trump's tough-on-immigration rhetoric while also lavishing praise on Garza. Some had difficulty reconciling the two positions as if it were okay to support a Mexican immigrant who had done well by their town, but it was a step too far to support policies that would allow others, unknown to them, to pursue similar American dreams. You know, and this is what I did when I was reading this thing. I just kept going off paragraph after paragraph. And it seems to me the author, the writer of this article... He's the one with the difficult time reconciling how white people in a small Midwestern town who are against illegal immigration could vote for an immigrant. Goes on to say, Bill Anderson, a retired lumberyard worker, called Trump the best president since Kennedy and said his hard stance on immigration and insistence on building a border wall were very strong. But he also excitedly shouted and cheered for Garza from his curbside seat at the parade, pleading for the mayor to toss him one of his purple campaign hats with the slogan, One Community, One Mission, Amazing Arcola. And Anderson chuckled when he was asked why so many older white conservative voters like himself embraced Trump's anti-immigration policies but also voted for an immigrant to become the city's first Latino mayor. Anderson said, Well, I'm not sure I can explain that without scratching my head. He was 77 years old, or he is 77. Way down here in Arcola, you never would have thought the idea of a Hispanic mayor. For many years, it never would have happened, but Jesus has proven he's a go-getter, and I'm just tickled pink he got elected. Does that sound like an anti-immigrant racist to you? No, it sounds to me like a local citizen of a small town has tremendous respect for a man who came to the United States with next to nothing, made something of himself, and is a pillar of the community. That's what it sounds like to me. And it has nothing to do with illegal immigration. It has nothing to do with being against illegal immigration. So he goes on to give some details about Arcola, It sits along Interstate 57, about 170 miles south of Chicago. Dubbed Amazing Arcola by the city city of 2,927 people is known for its many quirks. They have statues of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy that honor the doll's creator, Arcola native John Gruel. The world's only hippie memorial, a 62-foot-long creation by artist town nag Bob uh, Bob Moomaw, and the world-famous Lawn Rangers, the precision lawnmower drill team that marches in parades with lawnmowers, cowboy hats, and brooms. I'm from Chicago. I never heard of Arcola. 
I know Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. I had uh, Raggedy Andy as a as a toddler to learn how to tie shoes and stuff and, and button buttons, but I never heard of the, any of this other stuff. Then they give a little. Uh, he gives a little background about Arcola and the population. He says he writes the influence of Mexican immigrants in the city starts with Arcola's reputation as the broom corn capital of the world, a slogan that dates to the 1920s when the region was one of the top producers of sorghum crop used for the bristle in household brooms. That legacy is celebrated by thousands of each, uh, by thousands each fall at the broom corn festival. The city's largest employer, the Libman Company, a broom manufacturer founded in Chicago in 1896 by Lithuanian immigrant William Libman, another immigrant, the family moved the company downstate in 1931 to be closer to the broom corn crop. By the 1950s, the high cost of harvesting broom corn, which varies widely in height and had to be reaped by hand, drove production to Mexico, which brought Fidel uh, Silva to town in 1963. Silva was trying to deliver Mexican broom corn to a factory in Paxton, but ended up in Arcola instead. Um, he got lost and just showed up at our door and asked for a job, said Andrew Libman, the company's president and CEO, who represents the family's fourth generation to run the manufacturer. That was the beginning of the pipeline. Silva was from Cardereta. <laughs> I can't read this Mexican uh, town name. Cardereta. Uh, Cardereta. Jimenez. <laughs> a city near Monterey, known as the broom capital of Mexico. Others work. Other workers followed, including including Garza's father, blah, Joaquin, who immigrated to Arcola in 1971 to take a dollar sixteen hour job at Libman as a broom maker or winder. Growing up, Garza said he didn't really know his father, who helped him uh, help support him, his mom and his two brothers financially, but returned to Mexico only once every three years. Garza considered his uncle Homero, or Omero, a mechanic who taught him the craft to be his father figure. By the early 90s, 1990s, Garza said his mother and two brothers had moved to Arcola on visas to work at Libman, but he wanted to stay in Mexico. Garza, however, would soon change his mind after his wife gave birth to their son and work became harder to find. So, so far in this story, nobody is an illegal immigrant. Everybody has a visa to come here to work. So nobody using coyotes to cross the border. People are coming here legitimately to work in the factory and getting legal visas. So with with his visa in hand, the 23-year-old Garza made the 24-hour drive from Mexico in a gray Chevy conversion van arriving in snow-covered Arcola in January of 1993. He got a $4.25-hour job at Libin, uh, Libin packing brooms in boxes. But for someone used to working on cars in the open air in Mexico, the confined spaces and monotonous work of the factory floor weren't appealing. I told my dad I don't think I'm a factory guy, Garza recalled. I told him I was going to go back to Mexico. Garza's dad convinced a friend who owned a transmission shop to give his son a part-time job. Garza worked 16-hour days, four hours at the auto shop, and a 12-hour overnight shift at Libman. Again, this is a typical American immigrant story. 
After six months, the shop's owner, Jerry Beals, hired Garza full-time and paid uh, for him to take English classes and receive various mechanic certifications. Doesn't give Jerry Beals his race, by the way. I'm, I'm willing to bet he's a white man. So a white man has a good employee, a guy that comes up from, you know, from Mexico, can't speak English well, you know, or maybe can't speak it at all or can't speak it well. But only after only six months, um, he takes him on full time and pays for him to get certifications, mechanic certifications, and take English classes. You know, now you could say that maybe the, the shop owner is selfish. He's paying for the certifications um, so his mechanic, you know, will do a better job. Or you can say that hmm, maybe he was impressed with the guy's work ethic and that the certifications would not only help his shop, but would also help the employee, which is what a lot of employers do. Jerry spent a lot of money on me, Garza said. He believed in me. In 2000, Garza nervously traveled to Chicago to take the test to become a naturalized U.S. citizen. Again, not an illegal immigrant. Busy, work, busy with work, Garza only gave himself the three-hour drive to prepare, but said he impressed the test's administrator when he recited the original 13 U.S. colonies in the exact order they appeared in the study manual. He passed. I don't remember the goddamn 13 colonies in order, in any kind of order, you know. I could probably go through them and probably fuck up. But working two jobs and then working full-time for, for the transmission shop or the auto shop, He wants to become a citizen, and he does. So is he an immigrant? Yes, but now he's a U.S. citizen. Five years later, the owner of the shop, Beals, moved his shop out of town, and Garza started his own business inside Arcola. He named it 3J's Transmission after his three children, Jesus, Jr., Jessica, and Jane. A fourth child, Jade, would come along later. It was too complicated to change it to four J's, Garza said with a laugh. For the first seven years, Garza worked from 3 a.m. until 7 p.m. seven days a week. The shop moved from his house to a modest two-bay brick building before expanding into an old broom warehouse with room for 10 vehicle lifts. His business is now one of the largest repair shops in central Illinois with 4,800 customers in the company database. Garza also owns an eight-unit apartment building with a, and a rental house. Some people say they're hard workers, but Jesus is going all the time, said Arcola City Administrator Bill Wagoner. With a name like Bill Wagoner, I'm willing to bet he's also a white man. Cars are vital around here to get to work or to get groceries, and he's floated people along or dug up a used part so they can afford to keep going. He's done a lot to help a lot of people, and it shows by how much his business has grown. So again, just repeating, this is, a, this is an American success story. An immigrant from Mexico comes to the United States, doesn't know English, works his ass off, and, you know, and you don't, you don't 
see any anything over here about the hardships because there are hardships being an immigrant who doesn't speak the language i mean i know from you know no i was born in chicago but my father came to the united states from korea in the 1950s he didn't speak the language he didn't have any money he had a scholarship to go to college in uh, downstate Illinois or central Illinois in, in a town called Decatur. And my father's story is similar. I mean, my father was, you know, more successful, had a you know, much bigger American success story, but it, it's much the same. It's much the same. The story goes on to say, Arcola's experience with immigration differs dramatically from the inflamed rhetoric Trump relied on to whip up support for his border wall. Again, Trump doesn't even need to be mentioned in this story. Arcola's Latino population has exploded since Garza arrived in large part due to the growth of the Lipman Company. In 1990, 243 Latinos made up 9% of Arcola's population. Recent census data shows that that number is likely more than 1,000 or just under 40% of the city's residents. Over the same period, Libman grew from roughly 400 to 800 employees, nearly half of them Latinos. As the company diversified its product line and shifted to manufacturing more than 90% of its parts in Arcola, a lot of small towns are dying and don't have the diversity, Libman said, and I think it's great we've been able to grow our company nationally and internationally and bring that growth from all over the world to Arcola. That diversity was on full display during the Broom Corn Festival. A mix of Latino and white high school students wandered past the festival's many food stands wearing Purple Riders football jerseys and cheerleading warm-ups. They laughed as Arcola School Superintendent Tom Mulligan participated in the celebrity, uh, celebrity broom sweeping contest that gave him 45 seconds to sweep broom corn seeds through a maze and into a hole. After getting over a second-place finish, Mulligan noted that Latinos make, make up 45% of the students in Arcola's schools, many of them representing the third generation to live in town. He said the district has successfully recruited Spanish-speaking teachers and aides to communicate with students and parents for whom English is a second language. While many Arcolans supported Trump, Mulligan said he never saw divisive rhetoric toward Latinos turn up in the schools. Again, bringing up Trump again. For what? For what? We just have such a blend of cultures here, and we're all used to working together, said Mulligan, who has run the district for eight years. Wagoner, the city administration, uh, administrator who grew up in the town, said some immigrants have married locals, further enriching Arcola's diversity. So, again... To start off, that this, that this town is largely white, even though they're 40% Latino now, and um, everybody has started intermarrying, and, you know, I mean, it's only a natural thing. My father married a white woman. I'm, I'm only half Korean. So there's going to be a bunch of half Latino people down there. The first generation or two of Hispanics were pretty insular, but now they're coaching Little League, they're running our soccer program, and the kids are playing high school football and basketball, Wagner said. I'm not going to lie. We still have 5% racist rednecks, redneck idiots in the area, and you're never going to fix that, he said. But overall, it's pretty much to the point. 
where no one even notices anymore. They're just part of the community. Racism will never go away. Racism exists within the delineated race groups. There are black people that are racist against black people. There are Koreans racist against other Koreans. There are Asians racist against other Asians. There are white people racist against other white people. Racism is just a problem of bias and discrimination, and you're never going to end it because it's part of the human condition. Most people, by and large, that you run into, don't give a rat's ass where you're from. They don't care what the color of your skin is. Everybody just wants to be treated like a human being. But there are people that want to purposely divide, like the author, like the writer of this story. The story goes on to say, it's far, it's far different from the town Thomas Gonzalez immigrated to as a three-year-old in 1972. No kidding. When I first got here, it could be tough sometimes. I was one of the only Hispanics in class, said Gonzalez, 52, who works as a manager at Libman. My son is about to graduate, and he really enjoys it. There isn't the bullying anymore. Everyone really gets along. Sandra Saldivar, who moved to Arcola in 1988 at the age of seven, said the city's white residents have been very welcoming. She said she's rarely heard disparaging remarks directed towards Mexican-Americans. Arcola just isn't that kind of town, said Saldivar, 40 years old, who graduated in 1999. I was the only Hispanic girl in my class. Now my kids are in school and it's almost 50-50, white and Hispanic. It's awesome to see how much it's grown. Arcola voters have shown a willingness to separate their local experiences with immigration from how they believe the issue should be handled nationally, which helps explain the widespread support for both Trump and Garza. It's in part an acknowledgement of how prominent Garza has become as a business owner in town, with his family now running four generations deep in Arcola. His parents both retired from Libman, still live in town, as do his four children and two grandchildren. I think a lot of the people here, and I'm not talking about Hispanics, have seen where Jesus started from and what he's done, Saldivar said. They know he's a smart man to start from zero and build that big transmission shop. They have faith in him. Before the Broomcorn Festival Parade, Phil Anderson tended to his neatly manicured lawn and recalled how Garza first worked on his car 16 years ago. He proudly voted for him in April. How could that possibly be? How could it possibly be? Jesus is a hard worker, said Anderson, 78, a Republican with J.B. Pritzker sucks sign planted in his front yard. He started that business up from nothing, really improved the property down there, and works on just about everybody's car. I really like him. Anderson also noted that he has a two-bedroom house down the street that he rents exclusively to immigrants. The Mexicans, we get in there. They take care of the place, Anderson explained. They put pictures on the wall, decorate it real nice, and we'll paint it for you. Despite those positive personal experiences, Anderson said he's a big fan of Trump's crackdown on immigration. 
He's among the 66% of our COLA voters who voted for the Republican last year. <sighs> crackdown on immigration. It was not a crackdown on immigration. It was a crackdown on illegal immigration. Anderson drew a distinction between Garza's arrival in the early 90s and the migrant crisis currently unfolding at the border that has led to a record number of illegal crossings. I think that's the only use of the word illegal in this entire article. Like Trump, Anderson widely condemned today's immigrants as having bad intentions. Again, here we go. Talk about illegal crossings and then just calls them immigrants. It's not the same thing. An immigrant and an illegal alien or an illegal immigrant are not the same. It goes on to say, I don't have a problem with all the Spanish coming up here, but they need to do it right, Anderson said, referring to people of Latino descent. When Jesus came, we had a good immigration process that worked. Now everyone is just coming in unchecked. And I think that's the main issue. The author goes on to say the Biden administration has ramped up border arrests and deportations to deter migration, but Republicans have contended it's not enough. Again, here's some propaganda. What was the first thing Biden did when he got into office? He started dismantling all the Trump policies. He, he, he dismantled the whole uh, stop and wait in Mexico policy that prevented people from crossing the border that caused... Uh, the initial surge crisis in the first place. And Biden and his administration, they're the ones that created this entire problem. The, um, I, I posted this on the blog. Um, I believe I did. I can't remember anymore. But there was a picture of people walking up to the, Me to the U.S.-Mexico border and they had shirts on that said, like, you know, Biden let us in or something like that. So they got the word. They got the word that Biden was taking down all the restrictions and that they were going to be allowed in. Story continues and says, Garza said he thinks Trump's wall was a waste of money, called separating parents from their children at the border cruel, and said he didn't like how the former president negatively portrayed immigrants. But the mayor also said he tries not to voice his opinion on such thorny subjects by avoiding political discussions. In fact, ne nearly two dozen voters interviewed said they had no idea if Garza leaned Republican or Democratic. And most said it wasn't a factor when picking a nonpartisan mayor. That included Joshua Blackwell, a Republican who helped Garza with his campaign, and until last year was the sheriff of Douglas County. See, they don't care. They don't care about that shit. They just care that you're a good person and that you're trying to do things by our existing laws. And that's the way most of the Midwest is. And I, I, would, I would venture to say most of small-town America is like that. You know, now, I'm a half-Korean guy, and I've got long hair, you know, tied up in a ponytail, and I've, I've had my, my hair this way for a long time. I could pass for Mexican. I could pass for Native American. You know, I rarely get asked whether whether or not I'm Asian, but I, I definitely not don't look like your run-of-the-mill white guy, although I, I will say I look more Caucasian than I do look Asian. 
but you know, I, I often, you know, when I walk up to people who are, uh, you know, Latino or um, Native American, you know, they, they ask me, you know, some, I get some people just speak in Spanish to me straight up. And, you know, I was even asked by a Native American, like, just walked up to me and said, you know, what, what tribe am I? <laughs> and I'm like, tribe, I'm a, I'm a the Korean tribe, the half Korean tribe. And I've been all over the country. I've driven through small towns. I've, you know, in, in my work, I've had to go to small towns. And, you know, small towns, maybe maybe they, they don't like outsiders, but I'll tell you right now, I really have never been mistreated. So Joshua Blackwell, the Republican who helped Garza with his campaign and was the former sheriff of Douglas County, said, I'm not sure where... He would lean politically on the national front. That's not a conversation we've ever had, said Blackwell, 37, who now sells software to local governments. We just talked about what we needed to be done locally. That's all they care about. For the record, Garza considers himself an independent voter and at times a disaffected one. In 2008, he voted for Democrat Barack Obama, but he did not vote in 2012, saying that Obama didn't deliver on his promises for change and Republican Mitt Romney didn't instill much confidence. In 2016, Garza looked past Trump's frequent condemnation of immigrants to vote for him. Wow. A Latino that voted for Trump. Unbelievable, isn't it? That in this, in this entire article trying to foment racism between the current mayor of a town and the people that live there. Bringing up Trump and how Trump bashes immigrants. Blah, blah, blah. I say that too much, don't I? But he actually voted for Trump. He was a Trump voter in 2016. Uh, but last year, Garza said again he chose not to vote, pointing to Trump's corruption and lack of faith in now President Joe Biden. So he didn't like either one of them. And he just didn't vote. Didn't vote for president. The mayor said some voters asked him about Trump when he campaigned door to door. His stock answer... He considers Trump to be a good business owner who had handled the economy well, but says his strong-arm tactics and incessant tweeting got him into trouble. That's a pretty accurate description. And I would say probably most people in Illinois and the Midwest, even if they, even if they voted for Trump, probably felt kind of similar. You know, people in Illinois would tend not to like that kind of bombast. Garza's line also happened to be smart politics because it offered something for Trump supporters and critics alike without getting too specific. Give me a break. Larry Bushu, who wore one of Garza's hats at the parade, confessed he had no idea where the mayor stood politically. A self-described independent voter who hasn't backed the Democrat since Bill Clinton, Bushu said he likes Garza because he's not flashy, helps frequently with community fundraisers, and runs a good business. Bushu said he reluctantly voted for Trump as the lesser of two evils, but said he agreed with his immigration policies, especially building the wall. There's a difference between what's happening on the border now and what happened here in Arcola, said Bushu, 83 years old, who served as an Arcola alderman in the 1980s. These people came here knowing they were going to have jobs and integrated themselves within the community. It has been a wonderful experience because they came here with a purpose and a plan. Again, People who have tremendous 
tremendous respect for people that come to the country. Yes, immigrants, they don't care that, that you are an immigrant. They don't give a damn. They don't care that you're Mexican. They don't care you're Nigerian. They don't care you're French or Irish, by and large, at least in 2021. They just care that you came here legally and that you didn't get any preferential treatment because of your race. They just care that you worked hard and that you built something out of nothing. It's impressive. Anybody who builds something out of nothing, it's impressive. It's not as easy to do in other places. The story continues. In the last couple of years, Garza said he's grown concerned about Arcola's future as some longtime businesses closed and the city struggled to maintain aging infrastructure. Days before April's election, Arcola spent $328,000 to buy and tear down a block of neglected downtown storefronts that had partially collapsed. Garza also lamented that Arcola's increasing Latino influence had yet to show up in city government. So in 18-year incumbent mayor Larry Ferguson stepped aside, Garza decided to run. He estimated that only about 20% of the city's Latino residents are eligible, eligible to vote, and he'd need the support of long-standing white residents to win. That's just simple politics. His brother Juan, a manager at Libman, arranged the meeting with family patriarch Robert Libman, who wrote Garza's campaign a $2,500 check. Libman cited the success of Garza's business and the fact that his brothers work at the company as reasons for his support. William Blackwell, the head of the prominent farming, uh, farming family in town, chipped in $2,000. His son Joshua, the former sheriff, helped with campaign paperwork. What a bunch of racist bastards. Surely they were just seeing him as some token Latino that they needed to throw money at, right? Garza raised enough money to distribute 300 campaign signs in a four-way race against three white candidates. The main competition came from veteran Alderman Mark Smith, when the outgoing mayor, whom the outgoing mayor endorsed. So one Latino man running against three white men. So he split the vote. At the town forum, all of them were talking about how many degrees they had and making all kinds of promises. One of the candidates said he would fix all the streets in town in the first hundred days, Garza said, shaking his head. I said, I'm not going to promise anything other than work hard from my heart. Everybody loved that. Garza defeated Smith with 41% of the vote to his 35. As he watched the election results on TV, Garza said he cried thinking about how far he'd come since leaving Mexico. Soon after, he was beckoned to the park where Latinos celebrating by driving cars and honking horns in an impromptu parade. A few Sundays later, the Reverend uh, Angel Sierra called Garza to the altar at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church so the congregation could pray for him as mayor. I loved it and I cried, Garza said. I never thought I'd see everyone praying for me like that. I mean, listen to this. This, is a, this should be an inspiring American success story. Politics shouldn't even really enter this. Immigration politics especially. You know, other than the fact that he is an immigrant that came here legally to work in this country and became a U.S. citizen. His story really doesn't have anything to do with illegal immigration and it doesn't have anything to do with Trump. In his first weeks as mayor, Garza mobilized a group of volunteers to renovate a park picnic shelter. 
On Labor Day, he and a fellow alderman replaced 43 long burned-out bulbs in the downtown's old-fashioned streetlights. Garza is helping Salvador, or Saldivar, sorry, with plans to open a family bakery downtown and is recruiting other businesses to help fill storefronts. He's involving both Hispanic and white people, and that's a good thing, said Saldivar. In order to get things done in Arcola, we need to do it as a team. Wagner, the city administrator, said there also has been a learning curve. As mayor, Garza is also the liquor commissioner, and Wagner said Garza had to suppress his eagerness to please when a raft of people previously denied liquor licenses came back around for another try. Garza said he's also learned that the most gripes in town now find their way to him and acknowledge he still tries to avoid confrontation. At the Broomcorn Festival, some complained about a vendor flying Confederate flags. Wilmer Otto, who owns a historic building on Main Street, told Garza that Chamber of Commerce officials who signed off on the vendors didn't want to impede on free speech by asking for the flags to be removed. Now that's also quintessential American. Now, while Illinois was never part of the Confederacy, um, a lot of people from down, you know, in southern Illinois kind of conf- consider themselves, you know, more part of Kentucky, really, than uh, part of Illinois, or even Missouri. And it's just a flag. It might be legal, but we have the right to tell them we don't want offensive stuff, Otto told the new mayor. If it were Hustler magazine, would we allow that? Question mark? No. Garza stood silently and offered no response. A few days after the event, the mayor said chamber officials asked the vendor not to fly the flags next year, and he agreed. But Garza said the whole episode left him uncomfortable. They always come looking for the mayor, he said, but I didn't control that. Now, if you just let people fly that stupid flag... Now, when I was a kid, back in the you know, late 60s through the 70s, we looked at the Confederate flag as kind of a joke. And maybe that's just from being from Illinois. You know, I don't know how it is down here in Georgia. You know, uh, I'm sure back in the 60s and 70s, there's a little bit of pride being from the Confederacy. You know, but again, you know, down here, they have a lot of family that died in the Civil War fighting for the losing side. So some of it, while some of it I'm sure is, you know, racist and, and against black people or anybody who's not white, I think a good portion of it is just really that was the Southern identity. You know, the losing side of the war. And they did lose a lot of people. Garza said the Broomcorn Festival parade has been his favorite moment as mayor. After winning the election with less than half the town voting for him, he didn't expect such an enthusiastic response. Garza slowly drove through the town, grinning widely beneath his neatly trimmed mustache. His only rookie mistake, he ran out of candy before the parade ended. Bobby Lee drove behind him in his teal 1940 Chevy Special Deluxe Business Coupe. Lee, an 86-year-old Air Force veteran, voted for Garza and explained in detail how the mayor had put turn signals, dual exhaust, a new cylinder head, and water pump in his classic car. He's sociable. He knows what he's doing with his business, and the people working for him do a good job, said Lee, a Republican VFW member who voted for Trump. Lee said that in Arcola, Mexican immigrants often fill tough jobs at Libman, 
and other businesses that most locals won't take. They get a job, pay taxes like everyone else, and it's not a big deal. But like so many others in town, uh, this is the opinion coming in from the writer, but like so many others in town, Lee simultaneously railed against what he described as freeloading immigrants streaming across the border, lauded Trump's efforts to stop that, and decried that Biden lets them all in. Asked why he felt so strongly about keeping immigrants out of the country when he voted for one as mayor, Lee let out a long sigh as he searched for an answer. I'm not into politics that much, he said. All I can say about our cola is people here just get along. And that's the end of the story. So he, you know, he hits it here at the end, um, Bill Ruthart. Equating immigrants with illegal aliens. And that paragraph there, but like so many others in town, Lee simultaneously railed against what he described as freeloading immigrants streaming across the border. What these people are against is not immigrants. It's obvious by the fact that they obviously respect this man. They respect a man that came to the United States with nothing. They respect a man that came to the United States, became a citizen. They respect a man who built a business in their community, employs people, fixes their cars, takes part in their community. They respect Jesus Garza because he's an American. That's why they respect Garza. He's a classic American. And his is an American success story. And we wonder why we're so divided when assholes like this guy writes this story and inserts all this shit in there. And I, you know, I'm sure everybody in town read this story. Everybody in our cold Illinois read this story. And this guy writes this article in a way that tries to drive a wedge between the white people and the Latinos in Arcola. And this is the problem here. The problem is a media that cannot understand that while respecting immigrants legal immigrants that come here, work hard, become part of the community, become American citizens. They can still be against illegal immigration. They can still be against people trying to cross a border just to have a baby in order to have an anchor into the country. It's a real thing. They don't like people just walking on over and taking resources from legal immigrants that have come here the right way, that have come here according to the rules. Now, maybe the rules need to be changed. Maybe the laws need to be changed to make it easier for some people to come in. And if that's the problem, if our rules are too stringent, if it costs too much money to, to become a legal immigrant, if we have a, you know, if we have a blockade, and I'm not... I'm not versed in all of immigration law. 
But if that is the problem, then why don't we fix that? Rather than allowing people just to walk in and take resources from others who have gotten here the right way. Because that's, you know, that's against everybody. Every American, every permanent resident, every legal immigrant, every U.S. citizen, every natural-born and naturalized U.S. citizen. And it just, it pissed me off to no end that the small little town that obviously loved this guy as their mayor and tries to drive a wedge between these people. And it's disgusting. We need a much better media. And that's all I got.